0: Welcome to another episode of the Outdoor Scholars Podcast, where you get a chance to learn all about the only program in the country that keeps students involved in the outdoors while educating them on career opportunities within the outdoor industry. Hey guys, we're here at the Outdoor Scholars Lodge at the University of Montevallo with another episode of Outdoor Scholars Podcast. I'm William Crawford, the host of this podcast and also the director of the Outdoor Scholars Program. Today we have uh, JT and Miller with us uh, to talk about a, a pretty exciting deer hunt that we were able to participate in with Eddie Salter, the turkey man. Uh, Every year, Mr. Eddie hosts a a, a bow hunt challenge uh, down in Evergreen, Alabama, and we had the opportunity to go down and participate uh, with this hunt. Uh, I know I was excited to go down to to be a part of this, and I think the guys were too, so let's dive into this hunt and and talk a little bit about it. But before we do, uh, I'm going to let the guys kind of introduce themselves uh, so you kind of know a little bit about them. And Miller, we'll start with you. Alrighty, I'm uh, Miller Spivey. I'm from
1: Tyler, Alabama. Um, I've been in this program just a few months now, and uh, I was really excited to join it. You know, it's really led me to new opportunities and uh, many fun experiences this year. All
0: right, JT, go ahead and tell all the listeners about uh, about yourself.
2: Uh, My name is JT Russell. I've been in the program for three years. I'm a junior now at the University of Montevallo, and I'm an outdoor scholar.
0: All right, and going into this trip with with Mister Eddie, uh, I know you wanted to go on a, a deer hunt this year as part of you know one of your trips in the the program. And uh, when I contacted you to ask you about this, what what were the thoughts running through your head, Miller? We'll start with you. Um, you know, I was I was really uncertain because I, I didn't know there was such thing as
1: a bow hunting challenge. Really, you know, I'm used to you know being out there in the fishing tournaments and that sort of thing. So. When you said bow hunting challenge, it really intrigued me to, uh, you know, really join it and, uh, you know, really get involved in it.
0: All right, so JT, you knew that you were going on this hunt, uh, this bow hunting challenge. What were kind of your thoughts going into the hunt and uh, what, what were you uh, anticipating uh, for the next few days?
2: Uh, going into the hunt, I was excited. You know, it's Alabama. It's the first couple of weeks of bow season. Everybody's jacked up and ready to go. And never been hunting down in Evergreen, Alabama, so excited to see that kind of territory and layout of the state. And it's always an adventure getting to go somewhere new like that and try some new things out.
0: Well, and also for you guys that are listening to the show, both JT and and Miller are on our university bass fishing team. So, you know, they they understand what what a challenge or what a tournament is like. And that's kind of like what this was, was a, a deer hunting tournament. And the, the format and layout of the tournament uh, was is you accumulated points throughout the, the, the hunts. If you killed a doe, you got X amount of points. And I believe, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it based on how much it weighed? Yeah, it was. Uh, so if you killed a 100-pound hundred doe, you know you got 100 points. And if somebody killed a, a buck, the buck had to be at least 8-point or better. And if you harvested a buck, you got the weight of that buck plus ten extra points for every point the deer had as far as antler goes. Uh so if you killed a you know a two hundred pound buck that was a an eight point, that was two hundred and eighty points that someone could receive. Also you could receive points for harvesting a, a pig. Uh with the pig it was a hundred points per pig just because, you know, they could get to be so big and then also you can kill a lot of them in certain places. And then you had bonus points for uh, varmints and, and predators. I don't remember exactly. Miller, do you remember what the, the point I, scale was? I think it was 50 points for, for a coon and anything were varmint, i think it was just 50 points just 50 points for everything so if you saw a coon come walking through the woods at dark you better bust it to, to get those points so uh, we were excited about this and and uh, going into it this was our first year to participate and i think this was mr eddie's about 15th year of, of putting this bow hunting challenge on and and we were all excited for it but before we actually got into the hunt uh, they, they had a little archery competition that first afternoon that we arrived there at camp and uh they had stands set up and and different targets and and you went out and shot and accumulated points for that uh, which that was a good chance to to make sure your bow was all sighted in and uh, a chance to to meet some of the other guys there in camp uh what was your experience uh miller with with that bow shoot
1: um it was it was fun experience uh before i used to fish i used to shoot archery competitions so it was kind of right in my wheelhouse 3d archery shooting and uh you know getting to meet all the other guys it was it was really a fun experience
0: well and they they had targets from basically right up underneath the stands to out to about 40 yards they even had one target that was a moving target and and they they rednecked it up a little bit with a cable and a a pulley and a a deer target connected with some zip ties and stuff and they just pushed it down a old uh, clothes hanger clothesline. so uh, but it was fun Uh, we had a good time doing that and you know we we shot okay, but there were some guys there that that were really in on their game. That shot a lot of competitions and stuff. So we knew that uh, it was going to be a tough week of, of hunting, competing to get some of these some of these guys. So the the layout again, the the teams. I think there were fourteen different teams that were involved. Uh, Miller and myself was on a team, and, and JT and and John Shields were on a team. So you basically drew for the property that you were going to hunt and you had to go out and scout and hang your stands. And, and so the first, first day we get there, we were a little late compared to everybody else getting there because a lot of you guys had classes. Yeah. And uh, as soon as y'all got out of class, we, we booked it down and, and, and got things set up. And uh, I know you and I, we hunted a little bit further out than some of the other people, but I really enjoyed that pla- yeah, place yeah. that we hunted on. You know, we we were, you know, about 30 miles or so outside of town where most people were, you know, five, 10 minutes right there in town. So we had to get up a little bit earlier than everybody to get where we were going. But I, I really thought we were in for, for a good several days of, of hunting and just to see what might happen. All right, so Miller, we're on the, the first uh, day of hunting Uh, and the the weather was good here we are the first of both seasons so you really don't know what's going to take place you know there was rain in the forecast uh, off and on that week Uh, but for the most part the weather was going to cooperate for that part and time of the year Uh, what was kind of your expectations that first hunt and kind of what were you expecting as you went in and and what kind of area were you hunting that first day
1: so pretty much the first morning uh, we got down there, like William said, we got down there a little late, so we just hunted some stands that were already on the property, just kind of getting a feel for it. The first stand that I went to was kind of in a uh, little little neck of woods that had pines all the way around it, and it was just a little food plot. I saw a few deer that morning, uh, none that was close enough to shoot. So after that hunt, we kind of got to, you know, walk around the property a little bit, get in the little oak bottoms, and then we found a a little. What was it? What was a patch? What was it? Uh, it was a turnip patch. Turnip patch. It was a turnip patch. So we put up a ground blind uh, in that turnip patch about midday, and uh, I was really looking forward to that afternoon hunt.
0: Yeah, that, that turnip patch was beautiful. It was it was thick and high, and the deer. We really didn't know if they were using it or not, but it was just too pretty not to not to hunt. And and there, it, the way it laid up, it it was a big bottom. And and there was almost like a a cutover almost that was on the uh, west side of this this turnip field. And and so there were no trees over there. And then a big swamp dropped off into the the east side of the field. And there really weren't any big mature trees close enough where we thought the deer might come from. And and so we we opted to to put a ground blind in. And, And honestly, the only reason we had the ground blinds with us was because we knew chances of rain and so we brushed it in into that little cutover right there and and that's where miller ended up going that that second afternoon i know the 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 first morning you know rain was going to roll in about nine thirty or so and and you know so we we held tight until the rain started to come and then we you know kind of ran to the truck and, and got in there and waited a little bit and then we scouted and just slipped around in the rain and to see what we needed to see and You know, where I hunted at that first morning was a a big cornfield. And, uh, you know, I really liked the location. And I made a few little adjustments myself by putting a ground blind in. Uh, One, because rain. But two, I I felt like we needed to be a little bit further down the the cornfield. And again, no trees around to where we needed to to put it. So the ground blinds really came into play uh, that uh, that week while we were, were there hunting. So, the first afternoon, or the first morning, we really didn't see a whole lot of deer movement. Uh, I think maybe you saw one or two deer uh, off in the in the distance, uh, but then that afternoon, you went to the turnip patch. I did. So, tell us how that afternoon kind of unfolded. So, uh got in the ground blind probably about 1.30. Uh,
1: we got in pretty early because the rain stopped, and the sun started to, you know, come out. So, got in there pretty early, and uh, about 3.30, I saw a doe. About 60 yards, just kind of didn't really come in, didn't really commit to the turn patch. But kind, I just saw saw like a glance of her, Um, and then about 4:30, 5 o'clock, two does came out from my right and walked in the back patch and started eating. And uh, I realized this was my opportunity. So um, she was 41 yards quartering away. I drew back, made a good shot on her, and I texted William and told him I got one. So. Then the hard work began, uh, tracking it, and I did not realize it was that thick. Uh, tracked it until almost dark, uh, went through a, two flashlights, so I had to go back and get William with his dog to come out there and help me. Finally found it, and, um, the venture back to the food plot was one that I'll probably never forget, um. It was probably the thickest stuff I've ever
0: drove there through, and uh, we definitely got a workout in that, that night. No no doubt, and and you know, th- there was blood. You were following blood the whole way. It was just so thick where you were at and, and where this dough was running. She wasn't running out of it. She was running parallel, basically, with the field, and it got dark on you. The, the flashlights ran out, and going back to, you said going back to the truck and, and let's get in the dog, you know, Anytime I go anywhere and hunt, I love to take my dogs with me. Uh, I have labs that they bird hunt, they duck hunt, they they blood trail deer. So especially with this being a competition and big prizes and stuff on the line, I wasn't leaving home without that tracking dog. And, and it paid dividends that night because we were able to, to use him and recover that doe. And, and honestly, the dog found it
1: quick. Yeah, it wasn't too far. And,
0: far looking. you know, you were on the right track. It was just... It, man i i cannot tell you how tough it was getting that thing out of that bottom and as thick as it was and those big heels where we were but but we finally got it out and another problem that we had the reason we were having the issues is because this joker was so big it may be one of the biggest does that, that i ever saw so we knew we were about to accumulate some points from this this keel that's right and uh it went end up
1: weighing 134 pounds and i got the biggest doe from the competition so uh you know that was real good, and uh, then on to the next day we tried to shoot a big buck. The next day,
0: that's right. So, so after day one, we were right in the running. There had been a guy that killed a, a pretty nice eight point the first morning. I believe that was the only buck that was killed that that first day. Uh, JT uh, had killed a a, a doe, uh, and so you know they were they were right there in the mix as well. But when we brought that that big old doe in, we had it. But Something else that was interesting to us, we were on the way back with that doe, and three coons run across the road. And we we tried to hit one of them in the vehicle, and, and lo and behold, another car hit one of them, and we turned it around, and we picked up two coons that night and couldn't find the third one. We looked everywhere for that thing so so we accumulated 100 more points just on the way back to camp that's right that's that's like shooting another big old So we got two for one that's right and uh so we, we were pumped we were right there in the in the standings for for this thing and uh you know it was uh another day and a half of of hunting left of this bow hunting challenge and Uh, all we, we thought all we needed to do, maybe kill one more doe. And if we could find a buck somewhere that, that it would be, it, it would seal the deal. So we felt like we were in a a good position after, after that first day. All right. So as we mentioned uh, before, Miller and I were on a team and, uh, you and John Shields were on a team. So kind of take us through, you know, y'all's preparation, picking stand locations and stuff on that first, uh, afternoon there leading up to that first morning's hunt.
2: Yeah, whenever we first got there, um, we rolled up, I think, kind of right on time, and Mr. Eddie took us out and drove us around our track of land and showed us what was what, so we kind of got to see what was what, and then when we got back to the house that night, I pulled up, uh, there was actually a map there, and got to looking on it and seeing what what was going on there, and I found a finger at hardwoods with uh, tons of acorns. It was the only place that I saw on the whole land that had acorn trees and that's what i was looking for so i just sat there and actually hunted the same stand every single hunt and saw deer pretty much every hunt just and even had a little bit of success
0: and and that's one of the the cool things about watching students as they uh uh, prepare for a hunt like this or even uh when we hunt public ground in in different states uh, is how they prepare and how they are able to use technology now with with maps and their phones computers and and can pull up something and, and look at it right there without having to stomp all up, all over the place so uh, that was kind of cool to see the guys sitting around at the camp uh, that first night uh, looking and, and doing their homework so to speak for for the next day's hunt so kind of walk us through j t uh you alls y'all's first first day uh there i know with miller and i we were a pretty good ways away from everybody and, and didn't really see y'all till later on that night tell us uh you know what kind of what y'all saw were you able to kill anything were you able to see anything that first day
2: first day was very very uh eventful for us uh we had some rain coming in probably about 10 or 11 o'clock that morning so we figured we'd try to get out there and see if we couldn't get something done before the rain came in and sure enough i had been sitting there 20 or 30 minutes in the in the woods and here come three does walking down through there and they never really got close and they fed around for probably an hour and a half or so and about eight thirty, one one come in about 45 yards and I let one fly and hit it and I said man well I guess I better get down and look and see if I can find it and uh, sure enough about two hours later into, into looking for this thing I'd about given up I'd tracked blood for miles and miles it seemed like and uh, one of the guys that were actually in the competition whenever we were back at camp, come up and said, well, there's a dead deer down there on the side of the road. And I said, do what now? And he started telling me where it was. And I was like, that's exactly about where I freaking quit looking for the deer. And, uh, Sure enough, we jumped in the truck and went back down there and there was that deer laying on the side of the road with the hole in it from where I shot it earlier that morning.
0: (laughs) So you (laughs) tracked all the way through the woods and all through the place trying to find this deer and there it was just sitting on the side of the road.
2: Yeah, and I even (laughs) drove right by it on the way back to the camp and mattered and crap because I couldn't find the deer and didn't know what to think.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, I I remember when you were texting me this and and I think we talked around lunchtime and, and, and you told me that story. I said, how crazy and ironic is that 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 deer was laid dead just there on the side of the road and that was your deer you sure it wasn't roadkill
2: that's what a bunch of people said but you can't hide the hole behind the shoulder whenever sitting there laying there i don't even know how that deer made it that far it's crazy things happen i guess
0: so so y'all are on the board that uh that first morning uh and and put y'all kind of there at the top of the of the leaderboard and so y'all are sitting pretty 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 high uh going into that that next afternoon's uh hunt so kind of walk us through that afternoon and, and what took place
2: yeah the rain came and went we were all pumped up going back out we got a deer on the board not many people killed that morning i think maybe one or two other teams killed a deer and uh and we went i picked a greenfield out for that afternoon close by to those hardwoods that we had actually seen some deer in the day before whenever uh mr eddie drove us around there was three or four deer standing out there and i said well why not go over there and see what happens so i sure enough went over there carried a climber in climbed up a tree and got settled in and uh not 30 minutes later, here come those same deer, I think, coming right back out there. It was the same three days. They walked up 25 yards, and I let them sit there and feed for a while. He's already shot one, hoping that maybe a buck would come out. And I said, well, I just can't let them walk. So I just drew back and shot one of them, and uh, here we go again. Same deal. I went back to tracking it, but I, this one didn't make it too far up the field. maybe 40 yards, and she was done. So it was a whole lot better that time.
0: So, so after day one, y'all were on the board with with two keels, two doe keels. What what about your partner, John? What, what what was he doing during this whole time?
2: I don't know what he's doing. I guess he was asleep over there, or something because uh, they're moving good for me, and I don't know. It's just part of hunting sometimes. But he was trying, and I guess it, luck was just going my way for that first
0: day. So, so John hadn't done much of anything that that first day, and, and and you're over there just whacking and stacking uh so so you're definitely there at the the top of the leaderboard and uh so now you know moving into to day two all right, so going into the second day uh I made a move i, I got out of the cornfield and and found a little spot that was tucked away down the back side of a of a big bottom that had a lot of oak uh, trees kind of tucked away and i a, a hiding a hiding spot almost it the big cut over was uh, to the east of me, uh, and then it was a big thicket back to the north and west, and uh, it, it looked like a great travel area. There was a lot of big trails coming in, and I, I was like, "Man, I just know that, that there's going to be some deer coming through here." So, I I, I hung tight there for for two uh, two days in that little spot, and I saw a few deer, nothing big enough to shoot, a lot of small does and and small spikes and stuff. So evidently the big bucks just weren't cruising through there or or something so i was kind of you know without anything i felt like i was letting my partner miller down uh by not being able to 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 do anything and um how did your second day go of this Uh, hunt the second day i think i went back to the pine tree little little field in the pine
1: trees and i i don't think i saw i might have saw a spike um and then i think i went back to the um turnip patch one more time and i don't think i saw anything the second day i I don't think i saw but like one deer the whole day i mean it was but i if i remember right i think the weather
0: was kind of hit or miss the second day too so um it kind of affected the deer movement a little bit it did it was real windy that second day and and again that's why i thought being down in the bottom where i was those deer would be out of the wind and move and Heck, I had a little fawn come and lay underneath me and stayed under me for at least two hours. And and finally, it was time for me to get down and go. I was getting hungry. And I climbed down the tree, and that deer still hadn't moved. And I even walked about another 10 yards from it, and it finally got up and just walked away. So uh, that was pretty cool to to be able to see. So here we are, finished day one, day two and it wasn't just us that, that wasn't having a whole lot of luck that second day I think there was like one or two does that were killed JT killed another doe uh, so you know we're all in the, uh, in the running still for, for going into this last day and again we feel like that where we're at with our two coons and, and Miller's doe that, that, that we had an opportunity to, to win and uh, so alright so JT here we are day two uh going into the hunt uh you know y'all already got a couple down and and uh up there atop at the, the leaderboard and uh walk us through this the second day of of the the bow hunt challenge
2: yeah day two we were excited going out seeing deer every time day one so i'm pumped going out there early day two got up early went and got breakfast and headed out in the woods and day two's morning unfolded sun come up and two little fawns come through and just let them kind of miss around and eat their acorns and that was pretty much it. So, sat there until about 11 o'clock and then got down, went and got something to eat and got back in the stand real quick. Didn't see anything uh, afternoon of day two until right at dark a group of days come out and it was dark. And one ended up feeding up about 30 yards away and uh, sure enough, she gave me a broadside shot so I drew back and let one fly and uh, it was so dark I said, well, we're going to go ahead and go eat at camp, and then after that, um, come back out and try to look for it. So that's what we did, and turns out there's a little bit of blood and stuff, but other than that, it was pretty much a goner and just looked and looked and looked, and even went back the next morning after morning hunt and looked more and just couldn't find it. But that's part of bow hunting, that happens at some point or another pretty much to everybody that does it. So,
0: so, so that doe would have been your third doe, uh, and would have put y'all really there at the, the top uh, of, yeah. of, of the leaderboard. And, you know, it, it, like you said, it happens. I know it, it, it happened to me during, during the trip, and, and, and that's just part of it. You know, we make the best efforts possible and, uh, and, and go from, from there. But so we're going into the last, uh, last day. Uh, you know, we're all there between our team uh, and, and your team, are all there close to the top, and we need a, a, a big finish on the, the last day to, uh, to, to to possibly deem us champions of, of this, this bow hunting challenge. So kind of walk us through the, the third day.
2: Right. You know, going into the third day, I actually had to leave at lunchtime to go home to be in a wedding, but I already made a phone call back, and uh, I told them that if I killed a, a doe the third morning, that it was go- I was going to have to miss that wedding, and uh, they were going to have to find somebody else to suit up, because I was going after a buck that afternoon to try to win that bow hunting competition it it really turned out to be way way more uh, way more fun than what I expected and uh we really got into it and it was real competitive and fun but uh, third morning come by I actually saw the same two little phones I saw the second morning and uh hunting until about 10 30, 11 I had to get out of there but it was a great experience and fun time and uh definitely hope I get a chance to go back next year if it's possible
0: So, what about your partner, John, during this whole time? Has he seen a deer yet, or what's he doing over there?
2: You know, I don't know what he was doing. I think he did end up seeing one little deer at some point in time, but it seems like to me he just took that weekend for nap time or something, because uh, that joker, he was, he, I don't know, he just wasn't having good luck that weekend.
0: Well, and that happens sometimes that, uh, you know, things fall your way, and sometimes it doesn't, but... Uh, we definitely had a good time during during these hunts, no doubt about it. So, Miller, where did you go, and and what did you do that last afternoon? um, I decided
1: to kind of just go away from the turnip patch. I sat there, and I really wasn't seeing much there, so I decided to go back to the pine tree, a little little field in the pine trees. Um, There's so many fresh tracks from the night before, I was like, I think I can kill a doe here. Um, You know, nobody's hunted back there but me a few times, and I just felt like i could i could kill a doe there so i went back there and it just didn't it just didn't work out i i don't even know if i saw anything the last afternoon um but we hunted hard and uh it just didn't work out that last afternoon but william has has an interesting story for that last afternoon.
0: yeah and and that last afternoon it it ended up being very exciting but very, very frustrating uh very early that afternoon i went back to the cornfield because i just thought it was too good of a spot uh and actually that that second afternoon i saw a deer right at dark and actually had it walk right in front of my ground blind at i don't know five yards but i couldn't tell what it was and and this place is known to have some big bucks and i hated to, to shoot and 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 not know exactly what i was shooting at so you know, I, I told Miller. I said, I hope that wasn't just a doe that that come by, wasn't a knothead or anything, and 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 that 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 went our championship deer, you know. And uh, so that last afternoon, I went back to the cornfield, hoping something would come in there a little bit earlier, and it did. By about three thirty, I had a doe come in, forty one yards. I shoot, and I shot right over, and and I, I couldn't believe it. And I was sitting there, and I replayed the shot over and over and over again. It's like I, I I just blew our opportunity to win this this bow hunting challenge. And again, I couldn't, you know, you, when you're hunting on the ground, and and I was shooting slightly uphill, and I should have aimed a little bit lower than what I did because we we all know how Alabama deer are. They're going to squat about three foot when you let go. And with me shooting uphill, that made it even even worse. And uh, so I just I just flat out missed. And I was thinking, well, you know, maybe I'll see another deer this afternoon. It'll probably be right at dark. So I'm over there feeling sorry for myself. And the next, day, I know here comes another doe through the cornfield. And I was like, all right, I, I've got this one. And she gets just about in the same spot where that other doe was, and, and started eating acorns. And I shot, and I, and I just I thought I smoked her. And uh, I thought I hit a little far forward, but still, I thought it was a good shot. And uh, I ended up waiting in there because I, honestly, I thought, all right, if we kill a doe this evening, there's an outside shot of us winning, but we needed two deer of some sort. And so I was waiting on a buck to come in to to really close the deal. And it never happened. And, And looking back at it, if I had to done different, I wouldn't found that doe early and 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 uh, then been done with it. But you know, we we were out to try to win, That's right. and and we you know, regardless if it's a fishing tournament or the Eddie Salter Bow Hunting Challenge, you know, you, you want to win. So, uh, you know, Miller didn't see kill anything that evening, didn't shoot at anything, and so we we go off to the truck. To, to get the dog because i i kind of evaluated where everything was i couldn't find my air which i saw it still on the deer when it left there was no blood right there where where we looked we had a deadline of when we had to be back to camp to to do the weigh-in for the final day so everybody could could part and, and get home so we had about an hour and a half to find this deer and drive 30 minutes and get back to camp so we didn't have a whole whole lot of time so we went ahead and got the dog and put it on it and and uh we really never hit on anything and and you know so we we got to the point where all right we're not making it back to camp before weigh in and 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 it was close because nobody else had done anything that evening and and then it it just turned into we just want to find the deer and we looked and looked and and the dog never hit on anything and you know the only thing i can think of is it hitting that shoulder blade and and i was shooting expandables and and we all know how that goes when you you hit a bone or a shoulder with those expandables you might as well hang it up Uh, i don't care what you're shooting if that happens it's tough and uh but i i really learned something from this trip and and hunting out of these ground blinds i mean i've killed deer before with, with a bow on the ground but it, it's totally different when you're shooting uphill and and shot placement is key and and i really think too that uh you lose kinetic energy shooting uphill and making contact the gravity's against you yeah because if you're shooting downhill gravity's helping you out somewhat uh and it it really stopped the air and stopped the penetration and and uh but you know we didn't get it done and and i felt like i let it let it slip through and and we had the opportunity and that's all we could ask for is the opportunity to close the deal and and uh it just didn't happen and and heck even with with jt and them they had an opportunity the the last day to to do something and and just couldn't get it done either they didn't see any more deer and uh but that's that's early season bow hunting in alabama it's it's kind of hit or miss and if you're out hunting for three or four days, you're gonna have one day probably that's pretty good, and then then the rest of them may be tough. But we had a great time, man. The food was phenomenal it was. Uh, there uh, uh, at, at at camp. You know, we had some uh, some ladies there at uh, Mister Eddie's church that. Uh, uh, would cook for us every night, and and man, that was some good old Southern soul food, it is was. what that was. And uh, it, it, they definitely did us right, and and I think the desserts were even better than the meals. Yeah. So so we knew definitely we wasn't going to go hungry during this during this trip. But uh, we had a, a great time in, in camp. We had a great time uh, hunting, and uh, and heck, we even even got a friend out of the deal. You know, uh, Mister Amos Turner. Uh, Is whose place we were hunting on, and, and uh, he even invited us to come back at some point in time to, to come and hunt again, and uh, you know, he actually contacted me a couple times during the deer season wanting us to come back, but it's just been a busy year and hadn't had the opportunity to get back down there, but we definitely will be back uh, to, to hunt that place and also to, to be back to, to be a part of uh, Mr. Eddie's uh, bow hunting challenge because it, it was a good time. Uh, to say the least so the hunt's over with and everything so what's what's y'all's kind of final thoughts on on the trip and and the experience that y'all had during this hunt miller we'll start with you um first of all i would like to you know thank eddie salter
1: for putting this on it was it was by far one of the most fun trips i've ever been on um you know it's a very unique thing you know you don't there's no bow hunting challenges around anywhere else and uh, as soon as William told me about that, uh, you know, I was for sure in, and uh, I really enjoyed every second of it. Um, getting a few days out of school just to go bow hunting—you uh, can't beat that. All
0: right, JT, what's your final thoughts on on this hunt? And and uh, you know, was it was it everything you thought it would be?
2: Yeah, this hunt was real fun. I really didn't know what to expect riding down there. As far as like how many deer were there, and this, that, and the other, and we get down there and there. Especially on our track line, there were deer everywhere. You couldn't go wrong. Walking in, you would jump deer. Walking out, you'd jump deer. See deer driving up down the road, across the, our little track of land and everything. And uh, it was a blast. I mean, I saw deer every set that I hunted. And I mean, you can't ask for much more than that and getting to shoot two deer away or whatever. I mean, it just doesn't get much better than that as far as bow hunting goes.
0: So now that you've experienced uh, this these bow hunting challenge, what uh you know you've seen all these other trips that students have gone on throughout the year and heard about other trips in years uh prior is there anything in particular that stands out that you kind of are gunning for wanting to do for for next year um to be honest i would like to
1: do this again it's um it's kind of one of those deals where you know you you get to go hunting for three days and it's kind of um it's kind of up to you to you know make decisions and you know what you've learned over the few past few years growing up about bow hunting you kind of have to put that knowledge to um to what you what you do and um try to compete and uh you know i most of the other trips aren't competitions you just go out and have fun and this is kind of a competition side of things so you know
0: and I like competition you and me both and I think it's been one of my favorite trips this year just because it was a little different and you know for us when we go somewhere when you go somewhere new you really don't know what to expect and 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 we really didn't and 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 had a great time and and like i said before we'll definitely uh be back and so jt you've been in the program like you said earlier a couple years now and you've you've gone on some different trips and done some different things uh What's, what's kind of on your list of things that you want to maybe do for next year or or, uh, or maybe even something that you, you've already done or, or something you want to try that's different?
2: Yeah, I um, I tend to always go with the hunting trip for some reason. I don't know. I guess I'm on the fishing team here at the university, so I already get my full dose of that whenever it comes to traveling around and fishing the tournament. So I always stick to the hunting side of trips whenever it comes to picking. So really just – I hope to maybe next year I'll be able to go on some kind of hunting trip again, and maybe see something new. Or if I go on the bow hunt, or I've been back to I've been to Louisiana on that trip twice, that hunting trip, and it's a great time as well. So I'd be happy with either one of those as well, too, just as long as it's something hunting.
0: Well, and, and we go all over the place and travel to different states, and, and and do a lot of hunting here in state as well. But uh, that's the the fun and the joy that the students have with the program is is getting to to go to these new places and hunt that uh you know they may not have the opportunity to do so otherwise so uh definitely looking forward to uh to the next year's uh hunts as they they come about you know i think one of the cool things about this trip is is hunting ground that you're unfamiliar with and everybody's got an even playing field and you just go in and and do it and you know you don't have anybody telling you where to go or what to do and and so it's 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 definitely a, a challenge and you know as uh you know like when we went to illinois with a, another group of students later on uh, in the year you know we're hunting public ground and it's kind of the same thing you know unfamiliar territory and and trying to get it done uh and, you know making it even harder on ourselves shooting a stick and string right. uh but uh, it was definitely fun and again we want to thank uh, eddie salter for for putting uh, this bow hunting challenge on and And anybody listening to this podcast, I would highly recommend if, if you want a a great experience and, uh, some great food and and great people in camp, uh, contact Mr. Eddie, uh, and, and get to be a part of this hunt. He does it every year, uh, the last, about the last week in October. Uh, and he, I know he advertises it some through his social media accounts and all, but, uh, Reach out to him and and let him know that you heard about his his uh, bow hunting challenge through our podcast, and I know he would be glad to to have you come in and and, and participate and be a part of what they have uh, going on. Um, you know, all the money that uh, is is raised for for this event goes to to a church group there uh, that he's a part of, and uh, it helps pay for for different trips and things that they do. So it goes for a good cause and uh you know you definitely are are rewarded on the back end with all that you get to do and be a part of so uh reach out to eddie salter to be a part of the uh eddie salter bow hunting challenge uh for next year and uh you know it uh i guarantee you won't be disappointed uh in in your experience so Well, that wraps us up for this episode of Outdoor Scholars Podcast. Uh, Make sure you tune in next time to see where in the world we may be and what we may be talking about. So until then, thanks for listening.